Hey everyone, welcome to DarkCast Interviews. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. GCI is a long-form interview podcast where we talk to game creators about new and upcoming video games, as well as who they are and what they do behind the scenes. In this episode, I talk with Adam Solo and Hugo Rosado from Praxis Games about their recently released title, Interstellar Space Genesis. ISG is a new 4X strategy game designed with choices, consequences, and replayability in mind, as well as being heavily inspired by Master of Orion 2. For more information about the game, check out the links in the description below on YouTube or in the show notes for this episode on darkstation.com. There you can also find the original Darkcast, as well as other video game reviews, previews, and features. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com, find us on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and email us at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Welcome back to Darkcast Interviews. I'm Jonathan Miley. Joining me today is Adam Solo and Hugo Rosado. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. How Thank are you? you? Thank you. You're welcome. Fine. Thank you. Awesome. So uh, we are here to talk about Interstellar Space Genesis, uh, which just recently came out on Steam and uh, Humble Bundle, Itch.io, uh, basically, all the places that you can you can buy things uh, on PC. <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah. Almost. Uh, so, uh, any are are you gonna go to GOG or? Um. Yeah, we thought okay. about it. Okay. We thought about it, but maybe at maybe at a later time. Okay. So what is it? So before we get in, so I like to start the show talking about you guys, but. Um, I don't know, a lot of times when a game comes out, even if it's on multiple platforms, Steam is usually the one that's like the link on the website, uh, but you guys have all the links available, uh, which personally, if I can buy something from somewhere besides Steam, I like to do that just because Steam is this huge juggernaut and I don't like to just always feed the beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so is it is it really any different dealing with kind of those three different outlets as far as getting your your game up and available uh for people to buy well it's not not uh, not that hard and it's it was really a surprise uh, for instance for each each io well i was really surprised for for how easy it was and user-friendly to to put your game there and uh i and i really liked the their mission statement and the, the way they approach revenue share and all that and basically their approach. So, and uh, on Humble, we had a very good experience already. We we sold there our pre-orders like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Everything runs smooth. Uh, very support support is great. Uh, the tools are okay, and uh, everything worked. Uh, so there's so basically there's no really and if for other developers listening these there's really no big overhead by going with these platforms. Uh, 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 and just not Steam. So be, maybe some people think, well, then 
I have to manage another place and it's, blah, and it's different. Yes, I mean, you have, it's a bit different, but if you go with one, I guess it scales okay. You can then put in Humble and each IO and it's the same build, etc. Mm. So I, rec I recommend it. I recommend to, I mean, if you want to, if you, to, to offer a DRM free copy like we did, we really wanted to offer that to people. Mm -hmm. So those were two of the best places, I think, to, to put the game in. It was, again, very easy. Uh, very fast to put the game there, and uh, we're very happy to be selling in the in the in the three stores. Awesome, that's uh, that is good to hear. Um, sorry to start off with such a weird question that just kind of no, struck no. me. Uh, so anyway, to back to the the normal part of the show. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, you two and kind of what you you did before making interstellar space uh what, that sounds like you guys are really impressive you guys made interstellar space uh yeah. <laughs> you we designed the entire uh outer space uh outside the void. congratulations <laughs> we did the void part <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything but uh but you know kind of what you did before making the game and then is it just you two at uh praxis the developers uh, yes and we are both co-founders okay. of the company so, but then we we have the support of contractors that we that we hired to do the artwork and uh, to do marketing, uh, that sort of thing. Yes, okay. but it, developers and the design is just the two of us. Okay. Uh, what about? Or did you guys design the the music or write? Do all the oh. writing? What? Who all? Write music as mm -hmm. as well. We also contracted the, the music. Okay. Uh, some of the pieces to Mr. Grant Kirkhope that we really, really liked from other other games like Civilization Beyond Earth, for instance. Mm. And uh, Ryan McQueen, uh, another great mu musician, musician in our opinion. Uh, we were impressed by his uh, pitch, by, by everything he did, and uh, we were really happy uh, we, to have um, music from these two gents. So, yes, we also contracted the music. Um, yeah, and the art, um, mm -hmm. Martin voice, uh, all that. Very cool. Very cool. So, what what are your kind of separate roles on the game, or are you all just you just wear all the hats and do all the the things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to say that we started a bit wearing all the hats, but uh, it was uh, easy to see that we. And we are not really uh, equal in what we like or what we like to approach. So uh, I think we fit pretty well because I'm more on the game design side. So I'm the game designer, if you like. And then uh, I also do the programming. The programming, uh, both me and Ugu share, right? equal share. Um, but then I do the game design part and Ugu deals more with the graphical aspects and the user interface and the art direction. Uh, so managing the, the, the artists and all that. And I do more, like more of a PR role with marketing and that sort of thing. So we we arranged, um, I think, a perfect mix of uh, we we both do programming and then uh, I do more game design and he does more the art part. So that's how we share the the load. Okay. Very cool. Now you guys uh, started before you made Interstellar Space. You guys. I actually wrote about video games and about like 4x space games. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So yes. how how did you transition from 
I guess from from my side of things, talking about video games and you know, writing yeah. about video games, to to making video games. Yeah, well, as you know, as a reporter yourself and editor, uh, you see and uh, you see very easily when you review games what works and what doesn't. I mean, at least for me, that was the experience by playing and reviewing so many games. And since my childhood, of course, I was I've been playing these type of types of games since I was twelve. So. But then when I transitioned to journalism in 2009 in spacesector.com, I had the opportunity to work full-time for a while, uh, really, really just reviewing games thoroughly and playing, playing them, and, the, and specific, specifically strategy and forex games. And uh, I could uh, understand very, very fast what I liked, what I didn't like, and, but not only personal. I, I could start to detect patterns about what really worked and what didn't. And uh, since I had uh, an IT uh, background, programming um, degree, and I had a passion for games, and I learned so much about them from reviewing them and playing them over the years, I thought that I was really um, in, a, in a very good place to, or at least I had a good chance to, I thought to, and I think, to, to start developing my own game. And because that was also something that the community was asking for at the time. This was back in the day, 2009, 2012, that uh, we, wanted to, we wanted, the community there in Space Sector, wanted to see a game uh, like the one we did. Uh, and so here we are uh, now delivering uh, six or seven years uh, since that time. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, has anybody from the uh, space sector community also contributed on the game? Yes. Oh, yeah. um, they, they work on writing. They also do co... They, they support us and do co-design also. They help with the design and the testing side a lot. Uh, uh, so two people there in space sector also help us actively and others that join afterwards. Okay. So and but then there there were other people that were usually there and uh, that uh, joined our VIP program. People before we opened the pre-orders, mm -hmm. and then we opened the pre-orders and more people came. And some of them were also part of the of the community back to space sector. So yes, space sector had a big influence on the direction of the game, <laughs> and some of the people from their community work more directly or indirectly. They they do work, but. In terms of the company itself, it's just the two of us. Um, right. But then we have the community support uh, uh, behind us to, to help us. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard anything like that where, um, I don't know, you kind of have, you, you write about games or you know, any sort of interaction with a community and they ask for a thing and then it's like, yeah, okay, we're just all going to get together and we're going to, we're gonna make this thing happen. Well, uh, you know, that's, it, it, that's really awesome. It was more or less like that. It was not like um, a mutual agreement and the let's go moment. No, but the wish was there, and I had like uh, a post where more than a hundred people posted uh, asking about a game like this to be made. Mm -hmm. Something that reminded us from the good old days of the classic game design of forex games. They dating to Master of the Master of Orion series, Imperium Galactica and others. Mm -hmm. And there were it was obvious that the people were really hungry for this type of experience. Since then many games have come out. 
some of them also inspired by those classics. Uh, in our in our opinion, uh, we were seeing a pattern that no game was really scratching the hitch at the hitch at least for those type of players. So I was compelled personally to to take take advantage to take the opportunity to see that so many people really wanted that, and I, I thought, well, I do have the skills, so why not? Uh, at the time, I was reviewing games, and uh, the, the site was successful, was was recognized, uh, had good traffic. We were small, but nevertheless, it was great. Uh, there were a lot of people that were checking the site. But then I realized there were other there were other sites as well doing uh, doing what we did uh, recently. Then Explorminate and other sites uh, appeared, and I thought, well. The genre is okay and is probably going to be well in these in these people's hands. So I'll try something different now. And uh, here we are. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Now, uh, is is space se- <clears throat> excuse me? Is space sector still going? Is it, uh, is it still active? No. Okay. We we worked on the game since since 2012 more or less uh, the inception part the concept part and then full maybe around 2013 14 and the site was still going uh, from 2012 to 2015 maybe with the help of the of the community and the other contributors there not myself directly but they kept kept it going so and so we just stopped updating the site when we launched the pre-orders for our game. That was the point, okay, we did it. Now um, we have to stop because it doesn't make sense, I guess, to to keep reviewing other games and talking about our own (laughs) games. We had to separate the waters there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if anybody else had had picked up the the, the slack or carried on the the banner or whatever metaphor was Mm. there. Yeah. Um, But that is is really cool. so I, uh, you told me before the the show started, but where are you guys actually located? We we are located in in Portugal. I'm I'm uh, actually at in Lisbon, and Adam is uh, in the Alentejo zone, a, a, a bit a bit south of Lisbon. Yeah. Okay. Is there is there a good video game community there? I haven't. I don't think I've talked to any Portugal game developers before. Yeah. Well, there are a few. There yeah. are a few that we know, not personally, yeah. uh, unfortunately, but I'm That's sure it. that will change in the near future when we start to go to events. We're not really and... involved now, but mm. we so yeah, basically yeah, we were so <laughs> so overwhelmed. so uh, overwhelmed with the with the with the game that uh, yeah, there was no time to 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 do networking. But yeah, there are a couple okay. that we know have that. Uh, at least they do these types of games, and then there are other games that uh, we know there are other companies working on, but not not really PC gaming, and certainly not strategy and forex. Mm. So in in these uh, particular uh, niche, there are probably a couple companies doing games like that here. Okay. Well, very cool. Let's uh, let's uh, we've kind of you know talked around the game for a little bit now. Let's let's dig into. Interstellar Space uh, Genesis. I guess start off with the, if nobody's knows what a, a 4X game is, uh, or if somebody, not nobody. Um, 
But if they don't know kind of what we're getting into, what is the the elevator pitch for for this game? What is it in a mm. nutshell? Oh, you mean for the game itself, not the not you were framing it in the sense of what the forex game is? No, but you're well, saying so, about the so game I guess itself. both. Uh, so oh, so what is okay. the game? And then I guess without for, just for saying it's a forex re- game. Yeah. For people uh, that know Forex yeah. and for people that don't really know what Forex means. So. Exactly. Thank you for figuring uh, out what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay, okay. Just to make sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the Forex game, maybe you heard or played Civilization. So maybe that's the reference for Forex games, at least a historical team. Then you have uh, games like Master of Orion series that probably many have heard. Others don't. Uh, more recent people, more recent you probably don't. It is classic games from the 90s. So in a Forex game, basically put is you start almost from nothing or from very, very a very small, humble beginning. And you have maybe a city or not yet even a city. Or you have a few ships or you have a... And you start very humble and you start building and developing your civilization, your empire. And in our case, it's a space civilization. So you start in your own world. Imagine the humans, maybe not in this century, but in the next one, have the capability to colonize other planets, uh, even interstellar. So not just in the solar system. Uh, That's where the game begins. It's basically at that time that uh, you start with just one colony ship full of people with dreams and uh, a couple of escorts, and there you go see what's out there and you just know that there are a few stars that you can see you know are many but you see many stars but you, you don't know basically anything or very 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 few details about them so that's the the appeal of a forex game is to explore uh these so it's the first x explore <laughs> you go explore the surroundings so you start humble you explore the surroundings you discover stuff you then figure out oh this will be a great place to continue to colonize or maybe to to put a, an outpost here to extract uh, mining, to do uh, minerals, etc. So you start expanding. So that's the, the second part of the X. It's expand. And then you start to see, as I, I was saying, maybe I can develop something here, put a mine there, uh, trade. Uh, oh, there's, there's other people after all. So I, I trade with them. So that's exploit. You start exploiting what you see. You start developing, growing, and exploiting. That's the third X. And inevitably, these games have the extermination part, which bad is the bad guys or <laughs> inevitable war, or even if you are if you are peaceful, usually there's someone that wants to get your stuff. So, and there's there's where you must prepare to defend yourself or to be aggressive as you wish. So that's that's the extermination part. So this is forex in a nutshell, and what uh, our game uh, is um, is about in terms of what. It's a, if it's a pitch, in the sense of what makes it different, that's a different question. So that will be and, want, and the next question. So that. yeah, well, okay. it's, uh, so how? I guess how is this the same as you know other forex games, and what kind of makes this stand out and be different? Exactly. Well, what really makes us different is what really made us start the project. Is that we really picked up from the classic formula of the, the 90s because we thought that it was not being taken advantage fully. I mean, there were a lot of principles that we were not seeing. Uh, we were seeing good games. We were seeing even great-looking games coming out. 
but not really games that were deep in the sense of uh, good gameplay, good fun. Um, so we thought that there was a niche to provide more uh, good design and more interesting decisions and more depth to a game like this. So that was, and I benefit from the fact that I reviewed all of them. So at least at that point, at, until I moved on to game development, because then there was no time to, to review them. But <laughs> until at that, that point, I really, there really was no, no, there was a lot of need for a game like this. So it picks up the formula from the classics, um, puts an emphasis on gameplay, on being fun, on being uh, uh, compelling to, to play. And then, of course, you have to provide also in terms of production value. So we also wanted, wanted to offer a small budget. We are a starting company. We cannot offer uh, the graphics in the, what, of what you're used to, in, maybe in recent games, especially AAA. But uh, our pitch or our difference is that we started with gameplay. And so we, had, we wanted to get that right make the foundation of a great gameplay that people are really hooked and really like and are immersed on, and then work on the, on the graphics and provide a good, acceptable, an acceptable user interface and um, graphics that would not detract from the experience. So this was the, is the pitch of what the game is, of course, with innovations, with uh, solving issues that, of course, uh, these games had also. They are classics, but they had many issues as well. So we wanted to address them, to improve on the formula, and provide something new. And I think we did the three things. We kept, we provide, we provided what we intended to. We had some fundamentals. We wanted, we wanted to offer people the full experience because usually, forex games at launch are not particularly good. <laughs> are they, they? They seem a bit incomplete in some areas, especially the AI. That's another area that we think that uh, from our background, we will be able to deliver. And there was something that always we were kept, kept seeing and seeing is that these were single player games in essence, and the AI was never there. And we thought, well, we are both um, specializing in artificial intelligence in terms of the background on, uh, on the university. And we love games. so. That's that's another that's another strength in our opinion, and uh, the AI I think is good. People are reporting it to be good, can be better, of course, but it's good. So it, we think that we we delivered. Now I can say it was just a week ago, but I can say that we delivered. <laughs> not yet, not yet, uh, not yet. Uh, we delivered a, a good, a, an okay to good game at release, a forex game that. We want to improve, that we want to keep updating, and that we want to offer expansions for and DLC, pure DLC, to provide hopefully when in a year or a couple of years, a year, year and a half, a great experience for people that has both items in the package, not just the graphics and the shallow gameplay, and also not just because there were games that are deep but then don't provide on the on the graphical side. So. Mm. Our strategy was like this. First, we do the gameplay right. We we do the, the graphics um, to be okay for people, to enjoy, to not detract from the experience. And when we finish with the expansions, our, our, we believe these, use, these, these will be one of the best games in the, in, the, in the genre. Even possibly able to compete with AAA uh, in the genre. Uh, that's my belief. 
Very cool. Now, you you mentioned um, how a lot of Forex games in the past, I guess, you know, 15 years or so have, you know, they've had a big budget, they've been very beautiful, but they haven't been as deep as classics like Master of Orion. Uh, what what exactly makes Master of Orion so deep and complex and cast such a long shadow over the genre? And like what what aspects of your game are deep like that? If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes, yes. Of course, it's all in the details, but uh, in a broad sense, it's deep depth. Uh, that I think lacks in many many forex games and other games uh, recent is the ability to to offer you interesting decisions. It's basically that uh, the, the trick is how do you do that, uh, and how do you do it in a in a way that feels satisfying, that is well thought of, balanced correctly, and fun. This is not easy, uh, but they managed to do that in that time because maybe. That's my hunch. They come from board games in that in that time, so I think that they really understood the balance that was needed and what so and the elegance that was needed to to provide a compelling experience that was complex but not too much and offer enough to to provide to provide an interesting experience. And usually, what you see. Is you have lots of features and lots of levers and lots of options, but that's just complexity for me. It doesn't cut it, uh, at least for, for for many people, I think. You have to go the extra mile to provide what are really interesting decisions in a game. So do you uh, design a game? Do you design a ship now? Do you research this tech and maybe make the other ones more costly? Do you pick this choice or the other? Uh, it's, there's an event. What do you do? Oh, you just this just happened. This is one example of something that you may have 50 events or 100, but if they don't provide you with interesting choices, then it was an waste a waste effort for me. Uh, I think a game to be deep, it doesn't have to be too many, uh, too much. It just has to be uh, well, well balanced and well thought out that the decisions matter. So that's what I think made the Master of Orion 2 very good, because when you research the tech, maybe you couldn't research the other. In that case, you couldn't. Uh, or, or in Master of Orion 1, if you wanted to design a new ship, you had to scrap a previous design. Today, these things don't are not very well received by me, but they are rec- well received by others. Mm-hmm. And by no means I'm saying that our game will be for everybody even in the genre. So um, I think it will appeal to many people, uh, but our our focus is really on the fun and on the depth and not, and uh, because we we believe that uh, stories and experiences emerge from that naturally. You don't really need, in my opinion, to uh, inject uh, a lot of stuff just for the sake of offering stuff. You just, you, it's better maybe to be elegant and provide less or provide ways to don't waste too much time with too many things and but but make them count mm-hmm. so to your question i think that's what made these classics very good also as many people also say and then at that time they didn't have the look they just didn't uh, sid meyer usually talks about these other designers talk about this 
when they made games in back in the 90s, they simply couldn't put stuff there. They, they, they didn't have the space, uh, the memory to, to inject content. They had to create compelling gameplay. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there was no game possible. Today, in these days, you can. So you have a choice. Or you invest a lot in the design and in the, in the depth of choice, or you invest a lot in, um, in the production value. And usually what I see from big companies and many players that they, they invest in what sells. It's that, that uh, usually now people don't really replay much, maybe, mm -hmm. or don't have that culture. Uh, but in the back in the day, and there are a lot of people that really like to try one path and then do another one. And mm -hmm. the Forex games, usually I like that. They are really good, if they are done well, they are really good at um, instilling in you the, the the desire to try something different now. Because they are sandbox games at, 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 in essence. You create your own story. Yeah. So And it's great, and I think we managed also that, from what I've been hearing and myself when play, is that when you play one path, you, maybe you cannot choose some things in favor of others, but that's okay because you know and you feel, oh, now I'm going to play another race and I'm going to I'm going to choose different systems. And uh, and there are people who enjoy that and maybe some people don't. Uh, so it's it, that was really a conscious decide decision uh, to go more through that path than to build everything everywhere just because you can, for instance. And but that exists. There are games like this that are extremely successful. For those and other reasons, but that's the, that's their problem in my view. So as a designer, I think there was a, a gap there because yeah. we were offering again and again games where everything can be done at all times and very fast. Okay, that's great for a while, and it can right. sell a lot, and then it can be very pretty. And but the thing is, it will not do very well at the long term. Mm. It will not. Players will be a bit let down after a while. So you just keep probably adding more content. That's what you usually see. But if you, in, the, in an alternative, as we do, we create a good engine and then lots of choices and replayability, for instance, the ability to go with random technology trees or random space culture perks where you can choose, uh, oh, now I don't have the same layout. I have to play different. And there are people, I think, that enjoy the challenge of that and others that really don't. Like, I, I don't want to. I want to play always like this, and I want to have access to everything. And that's okay. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just a style. That's good. <laughs> now, um, one thing I am curious about is, obviously, you know, when you're writing about video games and you're, you're reviewing game after game, you see the problems, but you don't necessarily see the decisions why those, you know, the decisions that made those problems exist, whether it was a budgetary problem, where it was um, just a, a issue of time, where you know you couldn't fix this issue or you had to take a shortcut there, or if it was just somebody's vision that they wanted to do it this way and it, it maybe didn't necessarily turn out that way. Um, and you can see that with you know twenty twenty vision when you're reviewing the game. But I'm wondering how that has kind of worked out with you being on the other side of the game and making it and how, I don't know, you've kind of tried to balance those decisions and, and mm. I don't know, make make the game that you want in the end um, and, and actually follow through on all that, I guess. No, no, no. It's a perfectly good question. 
And uh, the, the thing is, this is up to the designer to figure out. And uh, you have to have cer certain background for sure. And you need to know what really makes these games tick. And you I guess if you had played them or a lot of them, you will know uh, what you like and don't like and what works or not. Just, just not personally, of course. If you do a game just for you, you will not appeal to, to many people. Mm -hmm. But uh, you have to understand that. I don't know. Each designer will have its own path, his own or her path. Uh, what led them to design that particular? But at least for me, um, I already had a good idea of what worked on and what didn't. But there's a caveat. A caveat here is that when you go in, nothing could prepare you for how hard it is to figure out why something is working and why something isn't. And you really, really, as they say, you need to iterate. You need to, uh, of course, you, you need to do a lot of thinking, but it it isn't done up. You have to you have to try it. You have to test it. People have to play it. You then balance it right, and uh, so after a while, you start to get a feel of is this too slow? Is this too fast? Um, is this fun enough? Are the are the decisions good enough? So part of it comes from you and your experiences of what works and doesn't and your and your experience and your background of course the how you how you design the thing the other is iteration you figure out so some things will work super well very fast other things take a long time to mature uh, so cut not cut corners but you you do iteration so maybe there are a few systems so you were saying that sometimes you see features that seem half-baked or that kind of, or don't seem a bit off or not exactly up to par. That happens because you, you, it is just so much stuff that you leave things in maybe iteration one and while you are working on another that is iteration four and then you forget about stuff and then, then you get back, oh my god, I didn't finish. Oh, this was so basic and then you do it. But then there may be some artifacts left. There may be some loose hands. You will not be able, at least for, with a small team, to get a hold of everything that happens in a game. So mm -hmm. that's why you need testers. That's why you need to do early access or pre-orders. It's good that you do plenty of phases before you release your game, even before early access, because early access these days is uh, is much it's uh, much demanding. You already have to have a very good product, and you people can leave reviews, all that. So even before that, you have to take time. So I hope I, I could answer to your question. It's, it really depends on the feature. Think certain things take months or years to figure out to balance right. Other things are pretty natural. It will depend on the designers and the testers. Uh, but but I can say by experience that it's at least for me it was not that hard to after a while understand what needed to be done uh, because myself I. I I could get a grasp of if it was working or not, uh, but yeah, with time, with everybody's inputs, uh, we, we we could uh, we could reach a point where we think the the design is mature, that the features work. So it's a long process. This uh, all, especially forex games, take uh, a long time. I mean, this game took almost seven years to make, and it's not unusual uh, to take these. Even for big teams, I guess they don't take less than four or five years to make. It really takes a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Um, one of the things that kind of intrigued me about the game and just, just reading about it on the, the Steam page and on your website is the, the ability to customize races. Uh, is that, how does that work? Is that, uh, are you, are you creating a race like you would create a character at the beginning of another game or are you creating races within the game? How, what's, what's happening there? It kind of is like that, that you are creating a character. The, the only difference is that in a forex game, the character is your civilization. Mm-hmm. It's not really yourself. Right. There are games that try to offer both, that you can characterize a leader, that's you, uh, separated a bit from your people, from the civilization. Um, but there are others where, where what you are creating or customizing is you are defining the parameters of your civilization. So we will be trading people, we will be production people, we will be research, we will have these special abilities, we, will, we can have these powers and these ships that nobody else has. So this is the, the sort of thing that you can customize. So you have lots of options. You start from the predefined ones uh, and then you can choose many between many levers and many numbers and many special abilities to create your own. So it's also one of the appeals of these games is to uh, be able to create your own because again for the sandbox experience so maybe at the beginning you you play with the stock races like if not all at least a couple but then you you want to try your own thing you want Mm -hmm. to and then again these links to the replayability thing where you want to to see now how it works with another configuration and then the sky is the limit you can offer as little as just a few modifiers or you can even customize the appearance the appearance and all the looks and all the characteristics and personality traits and all that. So I guess we are probably uh, at release in a, I don't know, in a, in a good uh, level of, of options offered, but we can definitely offer more in the future. And we really want to invest also on the, more on the characterization of the looks and uh, people enjoy that. And we also enjoy that, that you can provide maybe your own portraits or you can tweak your own uh, style or clothes and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, now, you also mentioned that there's some procedural generation in the game, and that can mean a lot of different things in a lot of different games. What is actually procedurally generated in uh, in uh, SG? Okay. Uh, one of the things is uh, the terrains that you see when you go to your colonies. Hmm are always different. We, we really wanted to offer an experience for people to, to colonize and to explore worlds that were never equal. That, that was always different. So we, we, we did an effort to, to offer that. So yes, no terrain is equal. We use a, a procedural engine to create the terrains and uh, can still be improved. Uh, I think it already looks okay, but it can definitely be improved and it will. Uh, so that is one aspect. Uh, no terrain is equal. The, then there are many aspects of the game that are completely, uh, um, I won't say, well, between random and procedural generation, if you want, that are never the same. Uh, the galaxy generation is never the same. It's always different. There are no equal, two equal galaxies. There will Stars will be in different sites, and you have to discover uh, new objects that, are in different locations and in the and, di- and have different characteristics and maybe you are more lucky one time and less lucky the next 
So all that is uh, random, if you like. Um, and uh, that's uh, mostly it in terms of, uh, of, of course, then there's a lot of random aspects in the game that contribute to the surprise and to the variety of outcomes. Mm. It's really a balance. Uh, there are things that are predetermined. There are things that you put some random elements to give extra flavor. So you will not get the events exactly at the same time or at, at, or at the same response for, for something that happens in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also one aspect that is uh, random. Um, the, the races will not be the same always. The, they will not play the same as well because there are many factors. The complexity that is generated is just too much for you to expect the same behavior, even if underneath the, the races have their own agenda and personality that surfaces for the most part. But they are always the games. the The objective is, and with this procedural and with this random generation in forex game, is really to offer a different experience each time. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um... As far as the other races and civilizations that you find in the game, are they always the same? Are they procedurally generated, or are they made up of the basically the races that you didn't pick when you started your game? They are the the other races, the other playable races. They they they, they are fixed, not the way as they play in a particular game, as I was saying. But yes, they are predetermined as okay. what their traits and characteristics and strengths and weaknesses are. But there's a there's a, here uh, a nice uh, thing is that you can design as many or a lot of uh, customized races. You can create a lot and you can play against them. So you can, and you can even select which play in each game. So you can, for instance, not just create your own, but create your own adversaries. So that's, that's something that in the classics they didn't have probably the luxury to do at the time with the limitations that they had, but we can. So. Not only you can create your own, but you can create your adversaries. So it's interesting. Oh, now I'm going to play against these guys because um, it will be interesting to see what they do. And maybe I'll put a stock race also, so you can choose and the difficulty level. You can also choose the, that can be uh, set up. You can maybe one race will be stronger than the other, or will play more aggressively. And um, so yeah, there's plenty of configurability to 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 help create a new session each, each time. So it's uh, so, but yes, the races, the six races, were designed and uh, uh, and with uh, their own characteristics. Yes, but they are fixed. They are not re- so you don't create a game and you see new races. No, in this game you see the races that you pick and that you create. You can create and play against them, or you play against the ones that are offered to you. Okay. But you can you can still customize it. You can pick the color, you can choose the leader name, uh, the empire name, and you can, uh, yeah, that you can choose for the for the races, the stock races. But for the custom races, yeah, there's plenty of configurability. Very nice. Oh, just one more detail is yeah, that each absolutely. race prefers its own environment. In our game, it's also one thing that I think it's important and different. It's that usually in these types of games, usually all races tend to prefer more or less the same uh, the same environment. So in our case, we wanted to offer a, a more um, compelling argument, a more compelling experience that, no, that probably not like that. Or, or maybe let's explore the possibility that there are aliens out there that live in really, really different conditions 
So each one has a preferred environment, a one that they found tolerable and the one that they, they found hostile. Now, does that, um, is that just affect where you find the other races in the, the universe? Or does that affect like if, you're, if your enemy prefers one type of an environment, but then you find them in another, you'll have a tactical advantage or anything like that? Yes, there can be cases where they colonize hostile worlds for them that are, that are ideal to you or vice versa, or even tolerable worlds uh, for you are ideal. So there are many combinations that you can take advantage of and benefit from. Um, so not everyone will like exactly the same, the same type of planet, but they can still live comfortably with the right technology in the same ones uh, okay. that they found tolerable so there's still the chance to create tension for uh, for so i think we managed to create a balance where you have both you have each one as its one ideal world but then they are also have some environments that they find tolerable so they may snatch a planet that you find ideal so you really, oh i really need to to get that and or so it creates an interesting dynamic where you have Every race prefers its own, but they also can have interesting opportunities to overlap. Uh, and then you can create even your own custom races that prefer the same environments if you want to play like that, where everyone will play Terran. So you have more options mm. in that regard. Okay. Pretty cool. Uh, well, I, I think that does it for my questions on the game itself, uh, which means that it's time to get into the end game, uh, which as I explained before, is, is more personal questions uh, for both of you. Uh, you both have to answer. You can't just uh, opt out. This is, this is the only mm -hmm. mandatory part of the, the show. Uh, the first question is very simple, also very difficult. Who is your favorite video game character? Uh, it can be hero, sidekick, villain, uh, I guess, or if there's a particular race that you really like from any particular strategy or 4X game, that would also apply here. Hmm. It's not an easy question, and definitely not for me, at least personally, because as you see, a forex game and a strategy game usually you are the the intervening, you are the power, you are the person, you are the the character, mm -hmm. and the civilization you it's you basically you embody the civilization that you play with. Of course, uh, there are leaders that you may prefer in certain games. So I don't know. How about you? Hugo? You no, to... I was thinking also then. No, it's 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 a little bit the same. It it it's all about the type of games you play. If you if you're playing games on PlayStation, okay, you you have that character that you you always see in the in the screen, and uh, I'm that guy. But you no, know, but uh, in this case, in the strategy games, you like like to, you own the thing. You you are the the ruler. So. I think the answer is, is similar to what Adam said. Yeah. So your favorite character is is you. It's <laughs> our, yeah, our, our imaginary you. Yeah. <laughs> our, our civilization, yes, that you create, so it's you again, I guess. Uh, uh, are then, there are there any um, particular races or yeah, I guess in the in, um, I like something... those guys from Warcraft. I don't know. I don't remember the name. The... Okay. But uh, <laughs> there was a, a guy, I'll, I'll search it. 
<laughs> okay. It was an interesting one. Yeah. The, the focus being the character uh, or not, or the game itself, or the, the gameplay, or the. Um, so this, uh, this question is a little bit different. If you could go back and play any video game again for the first time, so you get that that new game experience with it, you don't have to worry about it aging poorly or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But if you could just re-experience any game again for the first time, what would Civilization you Civilization 2. Okay. You, that was a much easier like, question uh, to, to answer. <laughs> yeah, but you, you mean like total amnesia or knowing the fact? <laughs> No, like if I were playing for the first time without ever, what's what's it's, really the what what the hell is this? And it's, then, <laughs> yeah, it's, I never saw it, and yeah. then uh, what game would I pick? Mm -hmm, pretty much. Oh, I mean, well, we have master. I probably would but... pick um, or XCOM maybe, uh, yeah. Enemy Unknown or UFO Enemy Unknown, uh, the first one, um, or Master of Orion one. Ooh. Because it's it's interesting because I I have a I have a strange relation with Master of Orion One. Master of Orion One is probably I, we we have all always a few favorites, but it's probably my favorite thing. Uh, also, with Master of Orion Two, it's it's the two of them. They, they basically appeared in different times in my life. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Master of Orion One was like the first love, and Master of Orion Two was like definite love, something like this. The one you marry with. Uh, so Master of Orion 2 was really the one I, I end up hooked a lot. But Master of Orion 1, as a, as a first experience, is the one I would like to, to experience again. Because it's funny, because it's one, it was one game, probably the game that I bounced the hardest. I was used to a, a very different kind of game at the time. Uh, there were no really... I think Master of Orion 1 basically started the gen. Because the, the term was coined by one of the designers. Of the oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Master of Orion won back in 1993. Or was it? Well, yeah. It was someone yeah, related to the, to the game. Or the, the manual, I'm not sure. And uh, he coined the game, the, the name. And uh, yeah, my, ex my initial experience, my cousin said, oh, you have to try this game. This game is the best. And... Maybe I, my expectations were too high. And when I started playing, I didn't get it. Mm. I didn't get it at first. And what am I doing here? It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, nothing happens. Uh, the game has nothing. It's like it, because in the beginning, and this is something that is both good and bad in these types of games, uh, there is very little going on. So you, that's the challenge. I think you had to do the extra mile to, to try to figure out how not to be a boring experience at the beginning so that you can get going. But yeah, Master of Orion 1 will be my pick because of that. And after a while, I was like, wow. It blew my mind because I think I just opened my imagination. It, it really uh, helped open my imagination and to be there and to be 100% immersed in being a galactic emperor in Razor. I was not expecting for a game that, again, as very crude graphics for what you expect now. Of course, didn't age well. Uh, Master of Orion 2 aged better, mm. but still. But Master of Orion 1 didn't age at all, and it's very crude. But it's still playable. It's still enjoyable. I still played it uh, for research and also not research. So again, I think this leads back to where we've begun. You see, mm -hmm. I can still have a lot of fun 
playing Master of Orion 1 with the ugly today's standards. To today's standards, it's an ugly game, or or even Heroes of Might and Magic 2, or that has like it aged better, but it's still also a very old game. So Master of Orion 1 will be that game. It was really a reference for me uh, for Forex games. And it's really the the key for me in this game as well, is that there's something there, and I, I, I did my best to provide that to people that really hooks us. And it's not graphics alone. It's definitely not. So I figure that if you figure that out as a designer, and you offer that compelling experience that opens your imagination, that gets you in the game fully immersed, and then you can also put all the bells and whistles as much as you can, then you will have, I think, the optimal forex uh, experience. Uh, okay, so this this game is is similar, or this game, this question is uh, similar to the last one, but a little bit different. Uh, is there a game that you would like to give a second chance to, and kind of erase your first experience with? Oh, mm. well, I don't think I have, I have two. <laughs> I have two for completely different reasons. <laughs> one one of them is controversial, but uh, it's like I bounce so, so I, so many people like me. I bounce so hard in Master of Orion three mm-hmm. that I almost feel bad by not having at least given another big chance. I mean, I, I tried and I tried, but and Master of Orion two was my favorite uh, game at the time. And then when Master of Orion three was coming out, it was like, well, I guess the expectations were just too high. Um, and the letdown was the, was huge. And this is, well, mo- most people will tell you the same, at least that likes these kind of, kinds of games. But then I heard many people saying that, uh, well, it's not so bad. It's not so bad because there's a lot of, lots of good design in there. I mean, I can say that I also researched Master of Orion. So I have no problem in admitting that I researched Master And I think there's really great design in there, really great design ideas there that I also took inspiration from, but um, I didn't, I did, I didn't give the game another chance. I get, it was, I really bounced hard. I tried again later, but I think with, I think with patches and fan mods, so I think the game evolved a bit and probably was enjoyable for some people. I didn't try back, but um, that's, that's one. The other one I can tell you, and this will probably sound surprising for many people. But there's a game that I should have liked and I should have tried and I should try again and I will try again. And I know that I, I will probably like it and I will probably enjoy it a lot. But for some reason, I just can't get, I just can't get into it. Uh, or not, or, or at least not the couple of times I've tried it. But again, uh, these times, past times have been rough. Uh, there's no time, there's little time to play games. so. Maybe if I have played it or if I have reviewed it at the time when I had the time to play it and, and, and all that, it's uh, Europa Universalis 4. Hmm. Because I know it's a game that it's well-loved and I should like that game. I mean, the game even like, lets you play with Portugal. And it has <laughs> all the beauty. I mean, beauty, not beauty, but in the sense of everything is there for you to enjoy. You have... You, you even have your cities and your boats and as historically accurate as Paradox usually does. And it's very good at uh, But for some reason, I bounce over hmm. uh, these titles. 
And so this will be the other game uh, I, sh I will definitely give another chance because I think I will probably like it. But the, for now, <laughs> it didn't hook me. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So moving on uh, to our, our next question, what is, what is a good trend in video games that you like? Um, and would like to see more of in the, the games industry, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, whether a lot of studios do it or not, uh, you know, it's just something that somebody is doing somewhere, whether or not it's you or somebody else. Uh, what's something that you wish was more prevalent in the industry? Okay, I, it was it was quite easy for me because it's aligned with our vision and, and our values. So uh, it's a projection, of course, of what I would like. But I think, in my opinion, as, also as a gamer. I think I really, really enjoy when uh, the develop the developers or the publishers or all the people, all the people making games are transparent with their community, and uh, and they uh, talk and uh, respond to feedback and, and basically do games together with them. That's what we do. Also, uh, we also enjoy other. There are others doing that, and we we enjoy that very much. I think it's a good trend that and. Uh, through and um, uh, even obsessed customer support. I mean, because uh, if you if you listen to your players, to to your niche or to your to your fans, there's a, a wealth of knowledge and advice there that you can take advantage of, and then people can be, can take part of that and feel great pride to contribute. And I think everybody wins in the end. So, and I see that, uh, maybe not now, but in, in, some time ago, that was not the trend. Pe people were entrenching more, separating themselves more from the community, not communicating uh, with the community. And, uh, and I think I, I, the trend I would like to see is more open uh, development, more collaboration and more attention and customer support. With the, with the players, because basically we are here because of them, because of us, because we, we like these kinds of games, and there is space for all types of games. Because as we were saying a few, a few minutes ago, it's like, why does it have to be just one, these or the other game? There can be many games, and they have to appeal to many niches, and to, to many sensitivities, and it doesn't need to be one game, or, or three games, it can be a lot of games, you just... It, Try to find your your tribe and, and your community will love you for doing what what they want. And in space sector, we learned that there were there was a lot of people of, in the site, but um, but there was clearly a majority that really resonated with a certain type of game. So that's what we proposed to do, and what we felt was the best is to to be open, to be to 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 invite people to to collaborate if you're interested. To offer a good um, a good compensation, a good uh, uh, benefit, they get the game for free. They can they can participate and provide their own uh, feedback and see the it injected and and provide constant updates and uh, be transparent, open that kind of thing. That's the trend that I, I would like to see more in the in the market. Okay, very cool. Hugo. Yeah, my answer is uh, it's shared. If if Adam don't not mind, uh, he'll own me his answer. 
because uh-huh. we share we share the same values. That's it. I, I think the industry should focus more in the in uh, in having focus more in the in the gameplay itself. And don't sometimes we I feel I feel that because you invest in some graphical CGI beautiful stuff, then you must guarantee that everyone has to see it. Uh, you have to go with that flux, with that flow, and uh, and that's what I think the industry should evolve, should evolve, and evolve in the sense of uh, improve the gameplay aspects of the game, the, the fun part of the game, and not a, a rail. We see, for instance, PlayStation games, which are for some sometimes it's a rail, a rail, a railway. You go, you go, you go, and well, it's it's fun. You see the explosions and stuff like that, but then you you in the end you don't have so much options in in the game, and that's and the choices and, and that's it. That's my 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 idea of the of the my answer for the question. Okay. Yeah, and there's a place for everything, of course. I mean. There are people that are that enjoy the thinking and enjoy the satisfaction of uh, of making the right call and and looking back and seeing oh look at the great things I did and the great stories and the way I won and and the the thing I will do just now uh, and then it's okay there are people that are really not into that of course. they are more into yeah. the quick quick experience because they're tired or because they just want to relax they just want to relax yeah. They just want to see something explode or, or something. <laughs> yeah, that, there's market. Uh, there's market there, yes. and we are in the other market. <laughs> we are in the market of people that. Yeah, these times, in these times of us, there's really nobody has time. But that's why you also have to be clever to offer an experience that is that is balanced, right? To offer um, something that is uh, balanced between. Uh, good gameplay and easy and uh, to learn or hard to master, but still something that provides satisfaction. But uh, but trying to reduce also the parts that can be more uh, boring or uh, or repetitive. As a designer, you also have to look for those. So we have to adjust basically to to the way it is uh, today. Uh, and our audience for these types of games is also people. Uh, with not too much time, so that um, they have jobs and they have. But our hope is that, like us, when I when I was what, fifteen or something. Yeah, more or less. A, as I played Master of Orion one uh, with my cousin, with my cousin, and I, I was blown away. And, and that's also one of our missions: is to provide a game that uh, hopefully will reach the young people also that are just. Basically, shooting stuff. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we we right. were also at that time. There, well, there were really. I mean, at the time, there were swords and yeah, there was. I mean, yeah, but there were. But then the the shoot the the first person shooters exploded. Uh, with Doom and Quake and Wolfenstein. Yes, we played Wolfenstein as well. We also did <laughs> a few shoot uh, some shooting. But now it seems that it's all shooting. It's it's insane. <laughs> So and I think people deserve the young people deserve more. Uh, they they deserve also to be exposed to things that challenge their imagination and to basically experience the things I did. That I think at least they they need to have the chance. To. They don't have to, but at least I think they should have the chance to play a game that uh, challenges the their critical thinking skills and uh, 
opens their imagination to the wonders of science, of space exploration, which is we didn't talk about, but it's it's one of our favorite topics. Me and Ugus, we are space uh, uh, sci-fi junkies, and and uh, uh, we um, uh, we hope that we can expose also the the young people to these types of games by being on Steam. If the game is good enough, if the game is well received enough that many, many young people can also see that there are other games that just don't involve shooting people. Well, we have space combat in the game, so... We have, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're shooting, they're have... shooting. They're yeah. shooting, definitely. But you, you, may, you can win Not... without, without, without war yeah, or yeah. with very yeah, few okay. if you want. So there's options, yeah, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Uh, but I was I was saying I have um, a nephew and uh, since the 16s and 17s now, I mean, and his friends is the same. Everybody's work is um, he's playing what? He's playing Counter Strike or he's playing Fortnite or he's playing player unknown battlegrounds and where, where are the strategy games? <laughs> uh, okay, you have Civilization, but uh, are really young people into? It's not. We are doing our contribution as well. Try and bring uh, new people. These yeah, absolutely. Now, um, so reversing that question, um, obviously keeping in mind that you know more diversity in video games is is a good thing, but some things aren't good. Uh, what are some tropes in video games that you wish would either be lessened or just go away entirely? You're saying. Hmm. Sorry, you're saying types of video games or? Uh, not necessarily types no. of video games. Just uh. At th- just like uh, you know, developers and publishers interacting with their community being a good thing that you would like to see more of, what is yeah. something that you would like to see less of? Well, naturally, I would like to see less the opposite. That's obvious. Uh, that uh, you close yourself and you don't reach to your fans and you just and you don't provide a good support. And uh, well, that that's one aspect. But. Uh, Another, uh, I can't. I have to be frank with you. Um, I'm not exposed to these new trends of loot boxes and mm-hmm. all these gambling, in-game currency stuff. So I will not talk about that because I don't. I don't have first-hand experience. I will leave this for other people to to, to talk about. Uh, other things. If you take this out, I would say that, frankly, my opinion is that it's fair game as 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 long as uh, there's a decent level of morality in what you do, uh, it's fair game for people to express their creativity in the way they want. At least creative, creatively speaking. If you say tropes in the sense of approach or in the sense of in the types of models, business model, I don't know exactly. You basically ask as a broad question of what you don't, what you would you want to see less. Um, I'm, I don't really have a, an issue. Uh, I, I want to see um, games having more focus, as I said, in the in the gameplay for sure. Mm-hmm. And that that is, I will not say lost art. I mean, there are lots of game good game designers out there doing great work um, in that regard, and they can top it off with great graphics, and they sell a lot. I mean, I'm happy. With that, and people can enjoy very good experiences. But 
So I, I would say that what I would like to see less is, uh, from a personal perspective, is uh, many publishers or developers investing in the in the only on the skin on the surface mm. of a game and neglecting the what really makes games uh, good in the first place. So especially in the strategy genre, uh, because that's a place where people come to to experience the gameplay. In my opinion, of course, you can have also your cutscenes and your graphics and all that sort of thing. But uh, but there is a there was a trend I was seeing back then in 2012. That's why we also decided to make our own game. So that uh, that was going on that path, like quick making a, a game a game as quickly as possible, as beautiful as possible, but underneath not there was really just a shell there and then you move on and then people move on so that was the pattern i was seeing also uh, gameplay was not getting what it deserved artificial intelligence was not good enough people were not putting the effort there i, I don't want to sound pretentious it's just it was just my opinion at the time i think people were just betting on the on the first, on the looks, and on and neglecting the, the the gameplay and the and what makes people what makes games great. So I would say that maybe I would like to see less um, sugarcoating or deceit, deceit if you want. There were cases. I mean, that clearly people uh, want to sell a game and they sell you the best parts, <laughs> and then you go play and and really don't. It really doesn't hold up. So. Yeah, that's what I have. It's uh, it's fair game as 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 long as it's moral. I will not talk about business models and all that because I'm not exposed to that. And I would like to see more effort put in gameplay and artificial intelligence and single player games. And that's what I what we are doing. Basically. Yeah. Nice. Hugo. Yeah, it's it's the it's it's basically the same. It's it's it's. Uh, um, I don't have knowledge enough maybe to answer this question, but the idea is the same. So we we tend to we, everything that neglects neglects the the gameplay with. I would like to be. I'd like to see it. Uh, I don't know what to say, but um, it's important to to value the gameplay more. So that's that's. I think it, that's the focus I would like to see more in the, in the future. Okay. Very cool. All right, so um, second to last question. Uh, if there was another profession that you can try, you guys have already you've written about video games, you're making video games. This is not making any sort of assumption that you have to do something else. But if there was just literally anything else in the world that you could do, yeah. what would you like to give a shot? I would like to be an architect from a, but uh, and uh, I would like to have a, a watering company eh? this, is, this is a surprise for you <laughs> uh, I don't know I'm just joking but uh, I remember I had this architecture sink but it was too late because I was already in the in this in this world, <laughs> in software world, and who knows in the future? I still have time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely true. Do several things in life. Yeah. 
Um, as for me, well, I, I have to be, to be frank, I, I'm running out of options. If I, <laughs> it's like, um, no, not in the sense that uh, I'm trying, it's like uh, my, I had to dream, uh, to dream jobs mm -hmm. uh, as a kid. Uh, of course, m many, many kids have these dreams, uh, but uh, I always dream to be, well, or an astronaut or to work in the space industry somehow. I knew... Uh, as time went by, uh, I understood the humility that you have to realize, well, that not everybody can be an astronaut. So, but at with time, I, I really thought that I could contribute because I really had a great passion for, for all things space-related, space exploration. So I really, really wanted to do my best to work in the space industry somehow and to contribute there. And I can say that I achieved that. I achieved we, that. We and did, yeah. We both did. Uh, I worked for um, uh, I worked in the European Space Agency for for six months. I did my internship there. It was one of the the best times of my life, and the worst also because I was away from my from my family. So it was hard, but it was at the same time one of the most wonderful times. Uh, I had access to all the control centers, and I could go and screw it up if I wanted. I mean, it's like having the power to do stuff in. It was magnificent, but it was really enjoyable and the team there and uh, I really lived the dream there. And then I, I came back to Portugal and I continued living the dream, working in the space industry for, for eight years. Uh, and we, we both worked in the same company for, for and even in the same office. So, and we, in the same projects. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and we, it was amazing uh, for a while but uh, then um, and you gain a lot of experience I mean we can only do this and can only live can only reach this kind of uh, achievement to have a game like this at release even after seven years but with two people with a good AI and because we have the experience that we that we basically acquired during this time developing critical software systems doing all paperwork, managing people, you know, we were project managers, so, and we also programmed, and because our background is uh, software engineering. So I lived the dream there, but uh, after a while, things got a bit sour because uh, you realize, and many people, I think, in our age, that I, I had the dream, but the thing, after a while, it's just work. Uh, it's just work, and in the end, gets a bit repetitive, and, um, it stifles your your imagination and creativity, and you start to feel that you really need something else. It's you. It's normal. After a, after a period, you many people go through this. So it, it happened to me and to Hugo as well. So that's why that's when I. So this was the first career dream option. Mm -hmm. Then I, I made the the jump to edit to editor of uh, of games because games were my, the other passion I had. It was really the other passion. It was games. I played games since the, my twelve. Uh, 12 year old since the spectrum days I played everything in the PC and and so uh, I did there with passion and it, it, it worked and it was a great time reviewing games playing games it's like my god I'm playing games and people play me that kind of cliche but it's true I, I lived that dream for a while that I was <laughs> playing games and people were paying me to play games and to review games and it was a lot of work of course mm -hmm. Just to, for people to understand that it's not easy. I'm just saying that it's really hard. But if you have the passion, it works. 
maybe eventually. And then uh, this is a detour uh, in the sense that I then adapted to the, the other dream I had. So one was to work in the space industry. The other dream I had was to work in games, basically. I had a dream to make my own games, have my own company, or work in other people's companies. It doesn't matter. I had the dream to work in games. It's fabulous. It's, and I had the background, so IT, software engineer. So that's why I said I'm running out of options here. Uh, <laughs> I worked in the space industry, and now I'm a game developer, and I'm a game designer. And I can say I'm a game designer because I'm a game designer. I just say it. Uh, there's really no title or somebody that can say to you that you are a game designer. When you start to try and make a game, you are a game designer. Even for everybody listening, if you, if you have an idea, if you want to really try, or if you played enough games, or if you think you have the skills, go, go and do it. And you will see that when you start doing it, it's hard. But if you start enjoying it, you are a game designer if you start enjoying the, the process. And why do I know this? Because I can't wait to start working on my new game. <laughs> you see, because when I was working in the space industry, I worked there for eight years and I, I worked here for seven. Mm -hmm. And in, back then I was just tired and I, I have to get out of here because I have to, my imagination was just, I was a bit destroyed in terms of, uh, I didn't feel free. I didn't feel I could, I was not expressing myself. I needed to. So, and in here, you see the opposite. So I, I must be doing something right because <laughs> for myself, because after this amount of work and the hard work it was to make a release where you don't have everybody screaming, <laughs> well, that it's, it was just crazy to, to do all these. And I, I can't even understand how we did it, but it's, we did it and we are very proud. So, and if I, I want, I can't wait to start working on my new game and at the same time expand on the game we have now, because we are uh, going to provide expansions in DLC. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a sign that I'm doing what I needed to do. I'm 41, so who knows what happens in life, but um, I think I finally reached the, after all this path, the stage of my life that I know what I was supposed to do which is to make games. And everything I did led me here, and everything I learned was key to be able to do what I do. So I'm perfectly happy doing this. And so what else would I do after? I don't know. Only if I was not able to, or if I lost my mind, or if I was not healthy, or or, or if the games didn't make them enough money, because it is life now. We have to put put in the table and mm -hmm. uh, the game is selling well, but um, who knows, uh, we have high hopes that it will keep selling well and even more. And we can grow and make another game and keep improving this one. So that's my long answer <laughs> to, <laughs> to your question, sorry, but it's, it really came from the heart. It's really, I th in yeah. this time, I feel happy as I was never before. So if you find this, please keep doing it, if, if, whatever it is. If you are happy doing something, you will understand sooner or later that you will be successful eventually if you work hard enough. Uh, it seems cliche, the passion thing, etc. But it happened to me in space sector and it's happening again with, with my game in the sense that if you 
if you commit, if you put the time and if you have support, because we had, we had a lot of support, we were very lucky in many aspects. Not everybody can, can, can enjoy that, but they can seek, they can seek help. They can try to, they can also try to, to do whatever you want and just put a time, even as a hobby in the beginning, no, don't quit your job just yet, but do your thing. And if you really enjoy it and you, and you come, come from the bed in the morning wanting to do that stuff, you're in the right path. If you cannot come out of the bed in the morning, you are definitely in the wrong path. I can tell. That happened to me, and I believe from what I've heard, and that's really you are in a very bad place if that happens to you. So rethink your life if you if you are not happy with what you're doing. Maybe you are not doing what you're supposed to do. It can be and a coacher, a coacher. You you're you're talking anything. like a coach. Right? <laughs> you can be what? I, yeah, okay. I mean, I, yeah, I realize now I'm being a coach. But yeah, of course, I've read many many things and that's it. But uh, yeah, in the end, that's true. I think in the end, it's true. it's good advice. Uh, but you have to do it consciously, and you have to be uh, careful of what you're doing, and not just jump out of the bridge and do something. No, uh, think it through. If if it's games or if it's writing books or if it's doing movies or whatever art or or being an architect, you can be an architect on the side as a hobby doing stuff, investigating stuff, I guess. If you really enjoy something and can't wait to, to work on that, that's what I encourage people to do. Awesome. That is, that is great. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so, so the final question is a little weird, and it, I don't know if it really works in this situation, because usually I ask you if you got to meet your favorite video game character um, and ask them any question, what would you ask them, and how would they respond? But your favorite video game characters are you, so mm -hmm. I, I guess, is, are there any deep and probing questions that you would like to ask yourselves? <laughs> you know, it's not that weird as you might think. At least from my perspective, part of being a designer is talking to you all, all the time. It's incredible how you are always talking with you and uh, talking with your unconscious and waiting for him to him, whatever it is, subconscious to talk to you back. You make a question, you go to sleep, and in the morning you have the answer. It's very weird, mm -hmm. but it works. Um, so you're saying your favorite character and what would you ask? Okay, it was just a, a comment saying that. Uh, it's a bit schizophrenic if you want, but a game designer has to talk a lot <laughs> with himself. It's crazy. Uh, and if you have, uh, and I have the opportunity to have my colleague to talk to, otherwise I'll probably go insane. Just, uh, I mean, you, I, I can't believe what a, a single developer goes through. I mean, even because I know some have done it, even alone, these types of games, it's nuts. You really need to talk with people because you, re you are constantly talking with yourself, etc. But may I, may I, if you, if you allow me, uh, I wouldn't say if I would question my favorite character, what would I question the, the character? I, I would, I would question, I will make questions maybe to my idols or to my game design peers, or if you like, uh, for me, they are the heroes, basically, of the story here for games development. They are the creators of where we are now. We, we come in, the, in their shoulders. Uh, we take advantage of every, uh, we borrow and we improve, of course, but these are the types of heroes for me. 
are the people that made the games that we love and uh, and are doing it. And uh, that's that's these are the people I would ask questions about characters in games. Again, yeah, it didn't work, I guess, because maybe maybe Lemmings. Do you remember Lemmings? We can say, don't go that way. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it was interesting these questions about favorite characters and what would you ask. It's interesting. Because it's really not the types of games that, <laughs> that we tend to play. I was trying to think of something, but no. That's, that's okay. That, that's the best I can give you. That's great. That's great. Well, I think that does it for the show. Thank you guys so much for sitting down with me and talking about Interstellar Space Genesis. If you could send this out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more about the game and to uh, get their hands on it. Yes. Well, you can buy the game in uh, in Steam, uh, in uh, Humble, in the Humble Store, and each uh, I.O. And you, you can also go to our official website, interstellarspacegame.com, or you can send us an email or contact at praxis-games.com uh, um, if you want to... To, to provide any kind of feedback or want to just say or just say hello, so that's where you can find us in in the game. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> thank you guys again so much for sitting down with me, and best of luck as you continue to work on the game and improve it, and add more content and do those expansions. And mm -hmm. I hope we get to chat again when you're ready to talk about your next game that you're obviously so excited to, to get on. Just start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, so thanks again. Sure. And Thank uh, you. yeah, we'll, we'll talk Thank again you, soon. Thank you, John. Bye. Thank you.